Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to 2024's Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. This is our first episode of the year. Thank you for joining us. We hope everyone had an amazing holiday and enjoyed our not only our talk with Dustin Rubin from $2 Wait Feed about Christmas movies, but also as well our best of 2023. We at least I have a couple I'd like to update for my best of for the year. And we'll get to that in just a minute. I'm sure Patrick does. With speaking of which Hello, Patrick. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you, sir. How is it going? New Year, and, you know, we'll see how fast this year goes. True story. As I've been telling people, New Year, same me. Yeah. Yep. Just just going to keep this stride going. Yep. Life's all about progress and improvement, so I don't do resolutions. It's all... That's great for some people, but I try and... I already like trying to set goals, so yep. it's it's all that is anyway. So just keep on keeping on. Yep, every day is a learning lesson. You're, you're going to learn something, at least one Indeed. thing before the end of each day. So and yep. then, <laughs> good, better, and different. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so yeah, but it's going to be a great year. Got a lot of fun, interesting things have happened already this year. Yeah, <laughs> as far as the news and so oh, I'm just yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things going on. So, but it should be an interesting year at least. It should. I know for me, we had a great Christmas. Also, post Christmas, my Missouri Tigers defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes 14 to 3. So, congrats to Mizzou. And yeah, they got some, they got some players going to the, you know, they're going to put in for the draft, but they've also got, some people coming in either via the portal or coming in just that have, that they have signed that look like they're going to be amazing athletes for the program. So, and then I uh, got to watch my brother's team, the Michigan Wolverines, beat Alabama and silence a lot of fans around town, which you know always makes me happy there. So I know I'm supposed to be like, oh, SEC, we need the SEC to win. No, we don't. Sorry, we don't. Change is good. Change is good. Yep. Change is good. We're still going to get money. I promise. School's still going to get money. Right. Um, But it'll be okay. And then tonight, Michigan takes on Northwestern. Not Northwestern. Washington. I keep doing this every time. Keep trying to say Northwestern and Washington because they're both have like purple jerseys and somehow in my brain that puts them together. Yeah. Puts them together or something. I don't know. Sorry. The Washington. The Huskies of Washington should be a good game tonight. As we shall see. Yeah. Big 10, Pac-12, or Pac-whatever they are now. I don't even know. I think the Big 10 is technically now the Big 12, even though the Big 12 is now like 10. It's so weird. I'm so confused. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's see. Even though I didn't, I didn't watch the, <clears throat> the game yesterday, but mm-hmm. apparently it's possible. Derrick Henry may have played his last game as a Titan if they don't Uh-oh. sign him. So, yeah. But <clears throat> I think it's kind of good. I mean, they don't have the best offensive line. And, you know, if he can go somewhere, we can actually get 
into the playoffs, win a championship. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah, go for it. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before the Titans do anything like that here. So yeah, you know, time is always ticking. So always. Yep. yep. Well, and plus they got to pay for a new stadium, anyways. So right. I, mean, I can't be can't be resigning. No, unless unless he wants to take a major cut and just say, yeah, hey, I just want just want to be on the team, but. Yeah, nah. I don't know. think he's in that. I don't think he's that that part of his, his in his career to do that. So, no. I mean, the, the ultimate goal in any sport is to win a championship. Yep. So. True story. Yep. But yeah, no. I I get it though. I totally get it. I wonder what Chris Jackson's up to like these days. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you know. Yeah. Bring him back after they kind of gave him the boot. Uh, I think whatever all this stuff went down with McNair before he went to Baltimore. Yeah. Things ain't going to be right until they can rectify that. <laughs> right. No, I get it. Oh, my goodness. So we had we had a bunch of movies. We ended up watching a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what your final? Do you remember what your final count was for 2023? Uh, it was 215. Because 215. I, I, yeah, I forgot that I'd watched uh, Dr. Strangelove because they, mm-hmm. they had it streaming on YouTube for free. Yeah. Ads, and so I'd watch that. So that was my my grand total for okay. the year. And mine was 181 was my grand total. It surpassed the previous year. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Looking at 2022s. Yeah, 2022 was 152. So yeah, I blew that one out of the water. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the most I've watched. Between the last two years, I mean, of course, not combined, but each year. Right. Like I know last year was, you know, as far as new movies in the theater, it was like a mm-hmm. hundred. Once I got there, I just kind of stopped going to the theater. So I, I capped out at a hundred new movies in the theater. And the previous year, I think it was, I think 2022 may have been like 70 or 80 movies in the theater. Okay. Last year, it was like 61. So a so hundred movies in the theater. That's, that's, a that's lot. pretty good. Yeah. And that's not even counting the movies I saw more than once. Exactly. <laughs> that that would have been, I know Creed three I saw three times, Guardians three I saw three, Cross Spider Verse three times. Yeah, John Wick saw that three times. So yep. all I don't the think threes, I'm do, basically all the threes you saw three times. Right. I think I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do that this year. Oh wait, that'd be four though. John Wick four. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't. Know, I'm not sure if I'll do that this year. As far as you know, some I may see more than once. But Betsy, you might get. Point. You might find a couple that surprise you. Yeah. Like, I still want to go back and see Godzilla before they pull it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel sure. like they're going to, at some point, they're going to re-release it at IMAX. So, too. so I think I'm yeah. going to wait for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 2021, I'm, I missed tying it by four, missed, missed beating it by five. 2021 was 185. And I know 2020, which I'm sure was probably everybody, <laughs> probably everybody watched a bunch of movies then, yeah. was 197. And then, see here. 2019 was 172, so I beat I beat two of the last four or two. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see how this year shapes up. Probably will be a lot of streaming involved. I'm guessing because I've at least for the I've already uh, written down my planner the next four months that IMDb currently has out for listed movies, and there's not a lot on there. Thankfully, I have a lot to catch up from from last year that came out in december during christmas holiday same so but also i did just real quick before we kind of get into it 
just so I'd mentioned that there was a couple that I wanted to add to my best of 2023. Mm-hmm. So I did end up watching Maestro, which I'll probably talk about in a future episode. And then the holdovers is definitely one of my. That's, that's one favorites. that I. That's, that's one of my favorite. About. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not like changing my list, but I would add mm-hmm. yeah. to it. Like American fiction and the holdovers yeah. would definitely be one of the best from last year. Two of the best from last year. Right. That I, of course, I hadn't, I hadn't watched American Fiction by the time we had done our list. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, definitely holdovers. I was just, when I, I rewatched them, like, dang, how did I forget to put this on my list? Right. I don't, it's so I don't good. Think I, I, don't, I don't think I did. I don't, I don't remember yeah. putting that on there. I don't think it did either. I don't yeah. think either one of us. Well, I hadn't watched it when we did, when we had recorded that episode. Yeah. I actually, oddly enough, had it on while I was taking the Christmas decorations down. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. but it was phenomenal. Really, it's definitely one I could rewatch and probably will add to my holiday movie cycle of movies that we watched during that time. Yeah. I told Chris she would really like it. And um, then Iron Claw. I yes. I'd definitely add that. Cause... Well, I will be going to see that this week because our next episode will be a special episode in which our good buddy Zach Schaefer from $2 Late Fee had him will be joining us and I believe his other co-host for their wrestling podcast, Territory Marks, will be coming on for the next episode to discuss the Iron Claw. So they were fortunate enough to speak to the writer-director of the film during the press junket, so they'll be able to add some extra insight into that, as well as their thoughts on the movie as big wrestling fans, as I know the three of you are. It's been easily 35 years since I've probably, at least 30 years since I've watched wrestling. Yeah. To to the point that I would know who you're talking about unless they are an actor that used to be a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, like I kind of dropped off of watching too, but you know, I, I play the wrestling game, so I'm familiar mm-hmm. with the wrestlers from that. And then I've been pretty consistent with watching the pay-per-views at least and yeah, getting breakdowns on YouTube so I can be up to date. But um right. I haven't been doing well as far as watching the weekly shows, but I do at least right. try to watch the pay-per-views. Yeah. Yeah. That's like once a quarter, isn't it? Usually, it's at least once a month. They have pay per view. Oh, okay. WWE. Oh, okay. Here wow. lately, okay. it's just like a pay per view a month, which is okay. Gotta hmm. keep them interested, I guess. Yeah, yes. That's it because it used to be like twice a year. It used to be WrestleMania and SummerSlam and call it a day. Yep. The Royal Rumble, like those are three big Rumble. ones. Yep. 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 The three then big now ones. it's got that. You have they go to Saudi Arabia for pay per views. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's a lot. It is. I'm just lot. surprised they and see. I, not to get too much into it, yeah, but it yeah. seemed like they do all these pay-per-views. It's not a lot of time to set it up in between. So by the time right. you get to the pay-per-view, it's not as exciting because you right. haven't drawn up the interest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, it's just too much too quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I also watched Rebel Moon, but I figured that's one we can save for another episode, much like Maestro. Um, yeah. So it's something. I. So another so real quick I'll get into trailers. There's only like three. And then we'll get into the Golden Globes recap for last night's award show, which to me I'd still have an issue with because I still think they had it too early. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these movies just came out a couple of weeks ago. And they're I mean, I know the award shows are not <laughs> like they're for the people, they're not for us, the viewers. 
but if they're wanting people to be interested, but if they want people to be interested and actually to root for something, you might want to have it out. Maybe have the award show a little bit later. Yeah. Because I think last year was at least later in the month. I don't think it was this this week. It just seems very early. Yeah, it just seemed very early this year. And so I wasn't as like I didn't make any picks. Yeah, it's like I haven't I've only seen like half of half. <laughs> like there's like I'm not going to make any picks. I don't know because I don't have a good. I'm not going to waste my time on trying to pick something that I don't. I have no frame of reference on, although I probably would do better. Yeah, but looking at this, but looking at this, I would have not. <laughs> it would have been bad. I mean, it's true because when they put out the nom- I mean, I, I didn't I didn't watch the Golden Globes. I figured just check the results later, but. When yeah. they put the list out, most of the movies hadn't even come out. So I'm exactly. like, how are they nominated? <laughs> I mean, I know because they have they have festivals and they put things out early. So those that vote and nominate, they've they've had a chance to watch this all yeah. these movies, so they know. But for those of us, just our us, yeah, most of them hadn't come out for us to watch. So nope. can't even have a thought as to what just can be met. We have a limited. Yeah. So, you know, yes, so, you know we're limited on our options because everything's not out. Right. It still didn't stop Ruth from being mad because, of course, she expects Barbie to win all the things. So I'm like, that's not going to happen. Right. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. But <laughs> anyways, real quick, trailer's coming out. We have Diablo Cody's latest released written by. We have Lisa Frankenstein, which is... <laughs> I think it looks looks like it might be cute. Definitely a tween movie. A coming of rage love story about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse. After a set of horrific circumstances bring bring him back to life, the two embark on a journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts. Mm. Sounds like warm bodies, but with Frankenstein. Yep, kind of. <laughs> uh, it's got... Catherine Newton and Cole Sprouse from Riverdale fame. There we go. And Catherine Newton from 13 Reasons Why. I think that's her. I feel like that's her. Directed by Zelda Williams, written by Diablo Cody. And it is set to come out February 9th. Okay. Then next we have The First Omen, because everybody's clamoring for <laughs> The Omen. <laughs> Goodness. Well, when you don't have new ideas, let's go for some old ones. Yeah. A, a young American woman is sent to Rome to begin a life of service to the church, but encounters a darkness that causes her to question her faith and uncovers a terrifying conspiracy that hopes to bring about the birth of, you know, evil incarnate. Yeah. There's like five writers. Yeah. It's. Got five writers on it, directed oh. by Arkasha Stevenson, starring Nell Tiger Free. Those are three words. That's a name. Mm. And Bill Nighy, Charles Dance, Sonia Braga, and that's about it. Anyways, that's set to come out April 5th, so I guess that's sounds like that might be near Easter. <laughs> <laughs> And then lastly, coming out this Friday, which I've seen one fairly short trailer for, and sure, looks like it might be okay. Uh, we have a lift, 
with Kevin Hart, Gugu Mbatha Ra, Sam Worthington, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ursula Cabrero, Billy Magnuson, and Jean Renoum, Bernard Gorman, and Jacob Batalon. It follows a master thief and her ex-boyfriend who team up to steal $100 million in gold bullion being transported on a, on a 777 passenger flight. And it's coming out Friday. This is F. Gary Gray's next movie, or latest movie, I guess I should say. And that's coming to Netflix, by the way. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it looks like it, it, it literally sounds like the perfect Netflix movie. I ain't going to lie. It, it feels like Kevin Hart's Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Fast and Flight movie? I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're jumping the street racing and going ahead and making them spies. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, pretty much. So, whatever. I'm, we're just, we're just going to go with it. Yeah. Oh, bless. All right. So, last night, like I, like I mentioned, the 81st Golden Globe Awards was on CBS. They had comedian Joe Coy to be the MC. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he only found out about, he only got the job like 10 days ago. Dang. Not weeks, days. Wow. He must have been the last choice. As, like, as, in, as, in, as in like someone must have dropped out and or they decided, or maybe they were going to go with, hey, we're not going to have a host this year. We're just going to do it, which works. It does work. Yeah. <clears throat> it definitely moves things along. But yeah. So anyways, it's like as he's doing the monologue, he's, he even mentions during the monologue, listen, I didn't write all these jokes. Some of these are mine, but not all of them. <laughs> the ones I wrote, you're laughing at. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I got this job 10 days ago. What do you want from me? <laughs> Literally, that's what he's just like, dang. So, not a lot of prep time. No. And mm-hmm. yeah, he made one Taylor Swift joke because she was there because of the newest category cinematic and box office achievement. <laughs> Such as, I, I hate this so much. But, yeah, Taylor Swift heiress to her movie got nominated, so she was there. Okay. And they said, you know the difference between an NFL game and in the Golden Globes? You don't see Taylor Swift being cut to every second. Dang. Yeah, I was like, damn. But, anyways. Uh, so, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to give him crap for not doing good, because or doing well, because not his fault because he literally had 10 days. Yeah. I can't even imagine for a major award show to have 10 days to try and come up with some fresh material for stuff you probably haven't seen, you know, because you know what? Most people have not seen. <laughs> so what was what's the typical time frame when they right. post a heads up? Is it like a yeah. year or six months? Right. Mm. Uh, I know it's not 10 days. <laughs> no shit. No. But usually they know it a couple of months, like they announce it a couple of months ahead of time just to get you excited. Yeah. I guess it would normally be when they nominate, when they have the nominations come yeah. out. Maybe that's when, okay. At least, right. yeah. So it's not his fault. <laughs> nope. At all. So, yeah. So as a qu- quick rundown, 
of our winners for we'll do I'll, i can even do tv i don't care best picture drama went to oppenheimer oppenheimer wound up with five wins for the night, night. anatomy of a fall uh, with two barbie with two and poor things with two picture musical or comedy poor things director went to christopher nolan for oppenheimer his first win believe it or not yeah screenplay went to anatomy of a fall Non-English language film, Anatomy of a Fall. Actor in a drama went to Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Actor in musical comedy went to Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Actress in a drama went to Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower and Moon. First Native American, I think, to win. That. Yeah. Which, by the way, that is, before I forget, Killers of the Flower and Moon will be coming to streaming on Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. So if you didn't catch it in the theaters... And if you've been like me, you've been stubborn, holding out, waiting for it just to drop on Apple TV Plus for streaming and not wanting to pay $20 to rent or $25 to buy just in case you didn't like it for some reason. Or or if you did like it and you're like, it's just a one-time viewing. Yeah. Kind of like how I felt with The Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Friday will be your day, much like it'll be mine. (laughs) But congratulations to her on that very historic win. Best Actress, Musical or Comedy, went to Emma Stone for Poor Things. Animated Feature went to The Boy and the Heron from Studio Ghibli. Miyazaki knocked out Spider-Verse. I would have guessed that one wrong. I am not mad at all because I love me a Miyazaki movie. I I mean, it's, it's not a bad option, you know, because no. since I've watched, since I've seen seen it, it's not a bad option. I think only people that would be mad are those that hadn't watched The Boy and the Heron. Like Exactly. So having watched it, I mean, either one <laughs> would have been a good choice. And I was going to take York and then York's like, oh, well, I'm going to go see that with my mom and Cody. I'm like, oh, alrighty then. I guess I'll go see that on my own then, which is fine. Yeah. Glad that they wouldn't go. Cinematic and box office achievement, one of the new categories. Barbie won that one. Supporting actor went to Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. That is so that category right there going forward is going to be one of the strongest, I think, and hard to choose. A yeah, because Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Charles Melton for May December. I watched that one too. Good performances. Yeah. Don't really care about the story. There you go. Cliff Notes version on that one. It's on Netflix. Make your own <laughs> decision on that. And then Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So, and again, congrats to Robert Downey Jr. on that one. A supporting actress went to Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers and definitely deserved that one. She was amazing. She was about to pop out of that dress, though. I ain't going to lie. Like, really? there, there was, there was some slight nippage or at least areola showing through on her left they were excited they are too. right when you're looking at it i'm like oh boy <laughs> they were happy to oh dude they had his i'm glad they zoomed out because she turned around started jumping up and down i'm like they're about they're gonna pop out it's wild like ruth was the one that brought it up hey <laughs> yeah i was like see that's it's like oh she's like girl don't be jumping like that i said I said, that's why they zoomed out. <laughs> like, you were the support. You might not have support. Hey. Yeah, but I said, you're not going to catch them with the Janet Jackson nip slip. 
<laughs> yeah. So best original score went to Ludwig Gunderson for Oppenheimer. He also did the score for Tenet and forgot what else. It was a non known movie, but yeah. In both Black Panthers. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think Mandalorian too. Oh, could be. I think. That that sounds like a thing. Yeah. Don't quote me though. <laughs> too late. It's recorded. <laughs> Darn. Dang. And then best original song went to Billy Eilish and Phineas for what was I made for? For the movie Barbie. Those are the two wins for Barbie there. And the holdover also had twos. Had two, poor things had two, killers of the flower moon with one, Oppenheimer with five, and Anatomy of a Fall with two. Anatomy of a Fall is it's mostly French with some English. There's some English in there. It is a long movie. It is good. It's very dialogue filled and not yeah, it's yeah, it's long. But it the performances are strong though. It's just you, you really just have to dedicate some time. Okay. <laughs> we'll just say. But yeah, it's it's good though. Uh real quick TV series Succession one four, the Bear one four, and Beef one three. TV series drama with succession, TV TV series musical comedy went to the bear. Actor went to Kieran Culkin. Yay, four what's the bed and won an award for successions. Then actor musical or comedy, Jeremy Allen White for The Bear, also in The Iron Claw. And then actress and drama, Sarah Snook for succession. Actress musical or comedy went to Ayo Edabiri for The Bear. As soon as she got up to start talking, I said, up, because Ruthie told Grayson that that that's the one that voiced April Mm -hmm. in the Ninja Turtles movie. She started talking. I went like get up there and got nervous. Started throwing up everywhere. Sorry, Ninja Turtles joke reference. (laughs) Actor in supporting TV role Matthew McFadden for Succession. Actress supporting TV went to Elizabeth Debicki for The Crown for playing Princess Diana. Limited anthology series or TV movie went to Beef. Actor in that category went to Stephen Yoon for Beef. Actress in the in that category went to Ali Wong for Beef. And then stand-up comedy on TV went to Ricky Gervais, which to me was the funniest thing that happened all night. The same Ricky Gervais that pretty much the Golden Globes pretty much told to not come back, not that he would want to come back and be invited again after all the after all the times he hosted and basically just talked shit about everybody there as well as the awards themselves. Yeah. So it is hilarious that they actually gave him that he was awarded. I mean, he wasn't there, but because, you know, basically they didn't, he didn't want to come back and they don't want him back. So it's just funny that he actually won an award for best standup comedy. Can't deny the the talent, I guess. No. And so of course, York knew nothing about this. So we're like, York, go on YouTube, look up Ricky Gervais, Golden Globe, there's like a montage thing mm-hmm. of every time he's hosted and er- basically all the jokes. One video I found was 45 minutes long because it literally is everyone he's hosted and yeah. it's every single bit. And then I found a couple of smaller, like shorter ones. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he actually watched it. I'm like, Oh my God. Usually when I send him stuff, he's like, 
Oh yeah, no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> but this he watched, and so yeah, he yeah he thought that was funny. So and wild and like yeah, that's there's kind of a reason why he's not back. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, and that's the award show. We have kicked off award season officially. I believe the SAG Awards might be coming up next. I'll get back to you on that. And, but yeah, it's here we are. We're we're in the thick of it. <laughs> but yeah. So, but at the same time, because of all that, I haven't been like, I'm just. I just wasn't that after like the strikes and everything, the last mm-hmm. thing I was really excited about was an award show. It just felt right. weird. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be that way all year until the Oscar awards. Maybe not as much because obviously it's their, it's their award show celebrating themselves. So that'll be more like a celebration of what they've, you know, were able to accomplish. Right. But a different Bob. Yeah. Yes. As of right now, the 30th annual SAG Awards is set for Saturday, Saturday, February 24th. So they, of course, with the strikes and every, you know, with the strikes and everything, it was some dates have been changed. But as of now, the show is set to stream live for the first time on Netflix, hmm. which is ironic. Is Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I certainly am not lost on the irony of that. But yeah. Maybe it's their way of apologizing. We'll do better. Oh, come on. Let's stream you. No, man. We're talking about that's how they're going to steal their likeness. Sure, we'll stream this award show as we steal your likeness. (laughs) 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 Got him. Said it out loud. My bad. God. I hope that's not true. But, anyways, uh, yeah. Looks like as of right now, February 24th. Shrine Auditorium and Expo Hall in Los Angeles, live streamed on Netflix beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, so 7 p.m. Central for us here in the Nashville area. God bless. Yeah. Oof. All right. I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's get into actual movies we have watched. Since you said you watched this too, we'll go ahead and do this as our feature presentation. And then. I will just have one other movie to talk about for this week and let you fill us in on all the good things that have actually been out in theater. <laughs> but so we, we both caught on Apple TV plus Mark Wahlberg's latest family ish movie ish. I'm going to put ish on it because technically yeah. it's rated PG 13, but it's more for just the action. I think maybe yeah. like a couple of naughty words, but otherwise it's not it's bad. Maybe just the action. Yeah, the family plan with the runtime one hour, 58 minutes was made available on December 15th, starring Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Monaghan, Kieran Hines, Zoe Coletti, Van Crosby, and Maggie Q. So a former top assassin living incognito as a suburban dad must take his unsuspecting family on the run when his past catches up to him. So basically Mark Wahlberg, who plays Dan Morgan is a used car salesman or pre-owned car sales, but he's like a top seller. He's so, you know, he sells the pre pre-owned sports cars to newly divorced husbands and 
keeps winning all these top awards, but he they want to obviously take his picture and everything. And he's like, no, 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 give it to so and so. You know, he he's good. He likes it. You know, he's he's doing good too. And you know, he likes that sort of thing. I'm good. You know, and then we used to go home. Yeah, he's very much a family dad. He loves spending time with his family, taking care of the kids, and everything. So yeah, it's and everything is going great until they go on a date. Him and his him and his wife Jessica go on a date for their anniversary. They go to this like theme, like little theme park area where they had their first date, mm-hmm. and you know ride the rides. And then you know they had this private moment in front of a fountain where they kiss. And this he's not really he doesn't look like a teenager. I mean maybe like an eighties teenager. <laughs> Someone who's um, an adult but hadn't fully grown up. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> it's the most ridiculous way in like a family movie would where he's being stupid and just, you know, he takes a picture with, you know, he puts his, he takes a picture of himself, but with the two of them in the background. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg asks him, hey, man, why don't you delete that picture for me, okay? Because we were just having a private moment. I'd really like it if you did that. Horrible Mark Wahlberg impression, but it's fine. No, it's not bad, kid. Just keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. So terrible. So bad with impressions. Just um, the happening Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, they, uh, they, so, of course, you know, he's like, I, like you can see in his eyes, I could whoop this kid's ass in half a heartbeat. Yeah. And throw this, you know, delete the picture and throw his phone in this fountain. But, you know, his wife is like, he, he can sense that he needs to keep it together. Mm-hmm. He just and so he just, he takes the L and the slushy to the head. So, yeah, that would have been my breaking point. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not getting this on my upholstery. And it's cold. And I would have taken, dude, taken dude's hat to wipe it all off. Yeah. That's me. And uh, honestly, what early 20 something or even late teens does that to a grown ass man? Right. Like, that's just stupid. Plot convenience. Yeah, I know. uh, To show how far he's come. Exactly. And, yeah, so he drives home. You see him taking a shower, and the red slush is just draining. So, you know, kind of trying to make it seem like it's reminiscent of his older days when he was an assassin having to wash blood off. But now that he's a family man, he doesn't do that. He's washing slushy off of his head. So it's. I actually kind of like that. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was, I actually like that touch. It's like, okay, I like that. But, but yeah, it, it's interesting. It, so of course dude posts is post the picture to the internet. Yeah. However they found it, plot convenience, of course they find it, they find him. He's of course now have, and again, his wife, neither his wife or his kids know about what's going in about his, you know, past life. He, they just think he's a boring dad that, works at a pre you know, pre-owned car place. And is overprotective. Yes. Overprotective, doesn't like social media. Yeah. Basically, he banned his son from playing, like, violent video games. And by violent, I mean, like, he's apparent. So his son goes over to a, a buddy's house and basically pays his friend to use his setup so he can live stream playing what, to me, looks like a variation of Fortnite. Yeah, it's either that or Overwatch, one of the two. Yeah, it's like a mix of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so they so he's like really popular, you know, 
he's a very popular gaming streamer that he's actually gotten, you know, on this throughout the movie he ends up getting recognized a couple of times. His daughter was and was the editor of the school newspaper, but then her boyfriend went to college and she's a senior trying to choose a college and you know, it's she's all moody because she wants to go where her, you know, her, I guess, ex-boyfriend is going so she can follow him there. And they're like, no, do something better. Pick, you know, because he's at like Northern Iowa or something like that college. Yeah. I'm like nobody chooses to go to Iowa college. Like, <laughs> like you have to live in Iowa to want to go to an, a college in Iowa. Right. She's definitely uh, following. Yes. She keeps saying that she's at, you know, it's still, you know, at the newspaper and everything. Like she hadn't been here in three months. She quit like three months ago. Yeah. And then they tried to find, he tries to find his son at chess club and it's definitely not a chess club. So he's trying to find the kids because he realizes that someone's tailing him and, or someone attacks him in the, when he's at the grocery store with the baby, uh, the baby strapped to him. And there's this whole fight scene. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, Man, so uh, put the baby down. It's like, nah, yeah. man. I'm like, yeah. all right. So we're just going to do this. Okay. Yeah. And then this fight scene breaks out in the grocery store and and everything. <laughs> and then the chase is on, too. And so he's off to go get the kids and everybody. And his, it's not his friend, his associate, former, we'll say former, yeah. former associate. Yeah. Played by Syed. I can never pronounce his last name but i remember he's been in a bunch of movies takamui i think takamui i think that's how you heard. but he plays augie he's the guy that helps him get passports and you know a new fake life or whatever yeah the passports he had like for his family was still when they were yeah. kids it's like thank exactly God. he's expired I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> it's like few, middle school 15 years <laughs> something like that yeah or longer. It's long. Well, yeah, it's, elementary. It has to be at least 20, you know, at least almost 20. Yeah. So, because his daughter's a senior. So, yeah. But yeah, so they, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to tell my, he's like, hey, how's your family taking? He's like, I still haven't told him. It's like, how have you not told them? Right. I'm, I'm impressed with how long he's able to keep his secret. Exactly. <laughs> but I guess as long as he stayed off the grid, basically. Yeah. It was good. And it's like, damn. Playing the long so game they, for real. Exactly. And so he basically convinces the family we're going to Vegas <laughs> for a family trip during a school year, you know, during like, yeah, what, well, like there's no break, school breaks. They're like, yeah, no, 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 we'll be fine. You'll be fine. But we're going to go on this road trip and spend time as a family. It's like, well, why don't we fly? It's like, fine. No, we're going to drive, have some good quality time as a family, like five hours on a plane or 33 hours by driving because they live in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. They're driving to Vegas. I'd I love my family. Seven hours is enough. Like seven hours driving from here to visit my mom in Missouri is yeah. way more than enough time. Yeah. I'd rather risk three, the flight. Three hours? No, thank you. I would have risked the flight. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have had a, a, a we wouldn't have had a, a movie would have been different. It would have. True yeah. story. But it would I mean, it would have been interesting. You yeah. Know, what would have happened on the plane? True story. But they, so yeah, so it's a it becomes a road trip movie, mm-hmm. and he ends up throwing everyone's. He sees his wife taking a picture of her feet out of the car, hanging out the car wall on a road trip. It was getting ready to post it. 
he gets everybody's phones and then just throws them out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like not not put them in a the glove box, not nope. turn them off. Just yeah, nope, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Get rid like, of the temptation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess yeah. we we understand his per, his perspective. Yes. Yeah. But being the family's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because phones are not cheap. Hopefully everything saves to the cloud. <laughs> exactly. Damn Skippy. But yeah, so you, and then throughout the movie, you know, they keep being chased, but conveniently, like everybody was asleep. So all mm-hmm. these motorcyclists come up and try and attack him. The only one that was awake was the baby that can't speak, obviously. And But, you know, it's really funny facial expressions and stuff. Baby seen everything. Yeah, very. It's a good thing the baby can't talk. Exactly. <laughs> baby be snitching like crazy. For mm-hmm. sure. And, but no, the movie's really cute. It's a fun movie. I was, it was bugging me who the son was. Like, I know I've seen him some things. I can't remember what. And it finally hit me. He was in the show called Raising Up Together. No, Splitting Up Together. Splitting Up Together with uh, Oliver Hudson and Jenna Fisher, which was a really cute show. It only went, I think it was only two seasons, but he played their son in it. And that's what I remember him from. Like, that's what I, bugging the hell out of me. And, but yeah, it was, it's a cute movie. I mean, you find out that you, you know, he eventually has to come clean. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it does not go well, obviously. And then he ends up having to accept, like, there's a lot of acceptance towards the end. Like the dot, the daughter goes and visits the college that her boyfriend's at or ex-boyfriend. Just find out, hey, guess what? He really was a sleazeball, even though her brother said that beforehand, like, you know, he didn't treat you good when y'all were together. Why would you want to go back yeah. to that? It's usually how it goes. Got to learn the hard way. Yep. Most kids do. <clears throat> yeah. And so they, yeah. And then while they're in Vegas, you know, they're trying to have this romantic, you know, dinner together where he's going to tell his wife everything. And then it doesn't happen. Or it gets interrupted. The kids are supposed to stay in the hotel room. They're like, nah, we're not doing that. So they yeah. take the baby, strap, you know, strap them in and everything, carry them around. And then the son ends up going to basically, they've come across this big tournament of the game he's been playing. And of course, gets recognized by a couple of people because he's apparently pretty popular. Yeah. And he ends up playing in the tournament. <laughs> basically, so the other one of the other guys who was in it, could basically hang out with his sister, which is yeah, that was his, his his way of, I guess, just just stealing time with her. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he and he felt like they were going to lose anyway, so it's no point. Exactly, but then yeah. ended up winning. So. Yeah, but uh, it surprised me. I didn't expect much from it. Me either. Uh, I kept seeing previews and advertisement for it, and you know, Mark Wahlberg's kind of you know, depending on the movie he's in, will he's determine what you get. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, it, it fit. It, it seemed to fit pretty well yeah. with, with him. And um, the thing about this, you know, when they were on the road trip, they was in the car listening to Vanilla Ice. Yes. But my thing, I was like, man, it would have been cool if he just finally accepted his pass and yep. had them singing Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. If they'd yep. done that, that would have been hilarious. And it would have showed that he... Towards the end of the final fight scene. Would have done that. When, when they're like, come on, guys, let's go. Let's go. Come on, feel it, feel it. Let's go. I, would be, I mean, just some kind of reference. Just something, to it. yeah. Just, just to show that 
Yeah, I'm acknowledging that that happened. I don't like it, but it happened. It's, it's a phase of your life, man. It's all yeah, part of you. Our... Wouldn't had this opportunity. That that was your exactly. I mean, sure, your brother was in New Kids on the Block, but there's no that's telling his, that would have panned his... out. Yeah, yeah. Now so, he's on Blue Bloods, and yeah. so that was, that was your entry. Yeah, Whatever. but yeah, but yeah. If they had, if they had played that song and he was actually singing it, that would have been hilarious. Just to say that he right. Yeah, just, I accept my past <laughs> exactly. But it's, I mean, it's all good. So, yeah. but it was, yeah, it was surprisingly good. I was, because the trailer that they show where he's like interrogating the baby and stuff, mm-hmm. which is not even in the movie. They pulled a Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not even in the movie, which is probably best because I'm like, well, why didn't they just show things from the movie instead of this, or at least more things like that? Cause this is kind of silly. It was a good way to hide what was really going on. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but I also think it kind of did it a little bit of a disservice. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these kind of movies. And then it turned out to be better. Yeah. So if you've got Apple TV Plus, this is a good movie. I had it on and York wasn't with us, but but Grayson ended up watching the majority of it and really and ended up liking it after I showed her the trailer. And she was like, meh, I don't know. She ended up liking it a lot more. So it's like, oh, is that one? Okay. Yeah. So she ended up really liking it. So, all right, my dude, I'll let you go ahead and go. All right. So <clears throat> I did watch Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. This had a runtime of two hours and four minutes, came out December 22nd, directed by James Wan. And, you know, Jason Momoa's Arthur, Cor- Arthur Curry, Aquaman, uh, Patrick Wilson is Orm, Amber Heard is Mira. And uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as David Kane in Black Black Manta. Randall Park, Dolph Lundgren, and Tamara Morrison. Martin Short voices a character in this. Nice. And Nicole Kidman. And pretty much most of the people from the first one and a couple of new characters. This is about Black Manta as he seeks revenge on Aquaman for his father's death. And wielding Black Trident's power, <clears throat> he becomes a formidable foe. And to vit- <clears throat> to defend Atlantis, Aquaman forges an alliance with his imprisoned brother, and they must protect the kingdom. So, by the end of the previous movie, you know, Aquaman defeated his brother, Orm, and ends up taking his place as king. And so, by that, he's pretty much accepted his position. But yeah. by the beginning of this movie, he's not liking it so much because he's seeing the responsibilities of a king. It's not just right. fighting. You got the politics of it where you're sitting around and making decisions and all that. And he finds that boring. Yeah. And then he's also coupling that with being married to Mira and they have a son. And so he's pretty much doing everything. He's changing diapers, kind of like Mark Wahlberg in the family yeah. plan. And, but you know, every once in a while he gets a little action where he can defend Atlantis against people that are attacking. <clears throat> and so on the other side of this, you still have black Manta that is seeking a way to fix his suit because you know it got destroyed in the first one he pretty much got sidelined and so he's trying to find a way to fix his suit and just get just gain power and that's how he comes across the uh, the black trident so it this this movie's kind of all over the place in a way because like the first movie halfway through they end up going to a desert setting where it felt like a indiana jones movie this is kind of similar <clears throat> because he has to team up with Orm, but Orm's locked up, so he has to break him out 
even though he's the king who had him arrested, you think he'd be able to find some way to come up with some kind of pact to say, hey, we just need this to save Atlantis. And then once we're done, we'll bring him back. But he decides to break in, break him out. And, uh, <laughs> so, and Orm, his punishment, they pretty much deprived him of water, only giving him like a little bit yeah. to keep him alive. But because he's not in water, he's real skinny and just, just weak and a weakened form, yeah. so he can't do much. But uh, after they break him out, he ends up getting to the water and then he's back to normal muscles and all. Like he just took some steroid shot or something. Right. But but they end up teaming up to take down Black Manta. So uh Randall Park plays Dr. Steven Shin. And you know, he's helping David Kane find this <clears throat> power source or a cor- or a colcum or something like that. It's right. so it's just this power source that is very yeah, or a colcum. It's a power reserve that Atlantis kind of put away because it's dangerous as well. It's pretty yeah. unstable. But he gets his hands on it, and then Dr. Shin sees that he's trying to do some very nefarious activity with it instead yeah. of just, you know, yeah. it's a lot of stuff going on in this one. Right. <laughs> Aquaman trying to make peace with his position as king, kind of team up with his brother to save Atlantis from Black Manta. Black Manta is under the control of whatever spirit the Black Trident had. So gotcha. apparently in their history, there are two brothers fighting. One brother gets the Black Trident, turns him evil, but then he gets trapped in ice. And so the only way they can break him free is if he gets the blood of his uh, ancestors, which happens to be Arthur Curry or his son. Ah. Uh. So... I don't know. I kind of felt like with this movie, maybe it should have came out before the flash and let the flash be the last. Right. But, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Like it's, there's some fun moments where you get some interaction between Aquaman and Orm just being the, the brother and old yeah. brother want to be like, don't, I don't acknowledge you as my brother and this, that, whatever. And Aquaman constantly saying he hates being the King and he doesn't want the job. So you get little flashes of Mira. She's not in it a lot. You can kind of tell that she may have had a bigger part, but they cut oh, her yeah. pieces. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't really feel like a James Wan movie, except for certain moments. Yeah. Like, there's a moment that they show in the trailer with the big explosion. Black Manta walks in and smoke, and you see the, the red of the, the helmet. And, like, moments like that, it feels like them, but it feels like a lot of studio yeah. interference. And so it, it... And then, again, it was just hard to get into it because you know that this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really tried to just be into it, but it's very difficult. It's just everywhere all over the place. And it's not really that consistent as far as the tone. It's really yeah. different. And then, you know, I didn't mention this when I first told you about it, but they kind of side, they kind of black Manta kind of gets underutilized as well. Again, in a way like the first one, it's pretty much right. copy and paste of the first one, but they do spend more time with him. But and his character in this felt like when Abdul was in Candyman, you know, when he discovers yeah. the Candyman history and he starts churning. Right. So it felt like they took that and put it to this. It was just, I don't know. But, you know, I guess the, the big thing is it made more than the Marvels. So, yay for them. <laughs> but, yeah, it's got uh, yeah. dudes in it, of course. Yeah. But eh, we'll see what they do with that character later, I guess. Yeah. 
So it wasn't a good finish. Right. <laughs> just like they just took it out to the back, said, all right, look at the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but like even the little good thing that's in this is just not enough. Like, right. It's not enough to. It's unfortunate. Because, you know, the first one did so well. I think they kind of got a little beside themselves and say, well, Aquaman made a billion. So we're good. This will be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's just the last one. Let's just get it over with. It's like, so what did we announce the new DCU and DCEU is done? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's right. Jason Momoa. Wahoo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That just, it's just, you know, got a good cast. I just, they just didn't do well. Yeah. I mean, well, because, I mean, figure what all was going on while they were trying to film it, anyways. Yeah. Was, and I mean, I, I, tr- I even try to look at it just as a standalone sequel to Aquaman. Like, it's not really tied to anything except that one. Like, even if it's just a follow up to that one, it just didn't didn't land it, didn't hit the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wow. unfortunate. Dang. I'm glad I saw it in RPX and not IMAX. Right. So I watched Migration. Grayson had been wanting to see it since the first dozen trailers came out. <laughs> well, okay, the one trailer that they've shown every single time for like four months. So I took her to go see it finally. <clears throat> and it's it's there. It's definitely... And, you know, Illumination's been doing some halfway decent things. I mean, as far as at least looking, the animation looking good and looking something different. You know, just you get... You're like, okay, they're progressing in what they're trying to do and what they're trying to show. Right. This movie's not it. It's just, here's a movie. We need to get a kid's movie out for holiday season. What do we have? And this is what they had. Wow. So, yeah. Grayson, before I get too far into this, which won't be that far, but Grayson really enjoyed it, according to her. Mm -hmm. I, however, cannot say the same. And I'm fairly easily entertained, especially when it comes to a kid's movie. It doesn't take much. Like, okay, you know, it's a good kid's movie. I enjoy kid's movies as well. So Migration's rated PG, an hour and 23 minutes long. It's a good runtime. A family of ducks try to convince their overprotective father to go on a vacation of a lifetime. This takes all of about five minutes for them to actually do, mind you. Basically, it's, it's... So Camille Nanjiani plays... Plays Mac, the father. Elizabeth Banks plays Pam, the mother. And then you've got Casper Jennings voicing Dex and Isabella Merced Kim. And then Tressie Gazelle voices Gwen. And then you have Danny DeVito, who voices Uncle Dan. Aquafina voices Chump. Carol Kane voices Aaron. And Keegan Michael Key voices Delroy. So. Yeah, so everybody's leaving, you know, to go fly south for the winter. Max, like, we don't need to go anywhere. We're, you know, this pond is safe. You know, we can just, everybody can stay safe and we just stay right here. Pam wants to migrate, you know, wants to go somewhere and travel somewhere different. You know, everybody else is going to like Jamaica or something like that. So they're wanting to go. That's where they're wanting to go. Then Mac talks to Uncle Dan, says, no, no, you're right. Staying here is wonderful. Look at me. Look at all the good things that's happened to me. And he looks like he's, you know, and Uncle Dan's a hot, hot mess. It's like, why listen to them when, you know, you could just live here with like how I am and, and never go anywhere. Look how well I've turned out. And then that was enough for Mac to go. All right, we're leaving. <laughs> Dang. 
Because again, Uncle Dan's a hot mess. Okay. And so that's all it took. Like it didn't take much convincing. It took one scene with Uncle Dan. And so the movie's not even about that. The movie is about the journey and the fact that the birds are all flying one direction and they're flying the opposite. And so they wind up in New York. They wind up in New York. They meet Chump, again, voiced by Aquafina. Mm-hmm. And they need help getting, basically trying to get to Jamaica. So she's like, well, I know of a parrot named Delroy that can help you. But he's being held cop- captive by the chef who has him in this cage. And, you know, we could I could try and get you in to talk to him. And so it's about meeting Delroy and then trying to release Delroy. Because Delroy can literally fly from there because he's from Jamaica. Okay. And so... It's about them trying to get this key from this evil chef. Not really evil. It's just a chef, which, you know, to birds would make sense that a chef would be evil because yeah. that, but he would cook. And so it's about them trying to get that key. They, you know, go through this elaborate thing. And, of course, the chef come, is coming after them. And he wants, you know, they were able to rescue Delroy. So now they're flying and everything. But every time they stop somewhere, the chef is on, you know, is doing all kinds of things to come back and try and get get them. So, okay. so if there is a villain, it is the chef. It's it's a, a bit ridiculous as to why a chef one chef would be after these group of birds, but okay. Very very light on the plot armor. We shall say okay. <clears throat> very lightweight plot armor. And so. It, I didn't really find the movie all that funny to me. And again, a lot of kids movies actually have a lot of good humor in it. This one just, it, the jokes didn't land with me, but again, Grayson enjoyed it. And, you know, you meet a, some interesting characters along the way. It's, it's okay. I think it would have done really well streaming, but you know, our theater was, you know, had a decent amount for a Sunday Right. You know, kind of matinee uh, a week after being out. But, you know, it wasn't bad. It it was okay. It was okay. She really liked it. So, you know, younger kids will like it. Yeah. This one doesn't try to, doesn't even try and make an attempt to try and appeal to parents also. Whereas, you know, a lot of kids, you know, a lot of movies, I think, try to right. have something in there for the parents. That way it's not the worst <laughs> experience. So. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, migration. <laughs> that's, that's all. And that's yeah, all. That's your presentation. <laughs> yep. Okay. I almost went to watch it one night just because I wanted to check something out, but decided not to. So I guess I didn't miss too much. Nope. <laughs> okay. So the first movie of 2024, I watched Night Swim. So... This movie released this past Friday, a uh, runtime of an hour and 38 minutes. Bryce McGuire is the director, and this is based on a almost four-minute short that's on YouTube. Actually, it's about two minutes and 55 seconds, I think, because I watched it last night. And so they took that that short short and made a feature-length film out of it. it stars Wyatt Russell as Ray Waller, Carrie Corden as Eve Waller. And it's about a woman swimming in her pool at night that's terrorized by an evil spirit, which is kind of so, it's, it's, it's something that happens. But it, yeah. it, really what it's about, it's a, it starts off in 1992 where a young okay. girl 
is waking up because she hears a sound from outside and there's this motorboat just going off in the swimming pool. And it happens to be the boat that her brother lost. Her brother's in his room, but he's in like a hospital bed hooked up to a machine, so he's not doing well. Okay. So she just goes in and tells him that I see your boat that you lost, so I'm going to go out and get it. So she goes out there. She's using one of those nets they use to clean the pool out to reach yeah. for it. Then she ends up either falling in or getting pulled into the pool. Okay. The boat sunk down to the bottom. Then it rises to the top. She reaches for it and she gets pulled in to the pool. She's gone. So credits. <laughs> oh, now we're, credits. I mean, that's pretty almost similar to the short. Yeah. They just did. They just changed the, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of an adult, they use a kid. But um, so in present day, you have the Waller family that are seeking a new new resident because Ray has been forced to retire due to an illness. He basically got diagnosed with MS, so he can't play anymore. But prior to this, they did a lot of traveling because he got traded a lot because he had he he dealt with illness for a lot of his career. And so now that he's not playing, they want something more permanent so they can just settle in and kind of be normal. Checks out. And so they check out one place and, you know, it's nice, but he feels like it's more like a hospital than a home. Gotcha. And then they end up doing a follow up with the doctor and, you know, she suggests they get another opinion about his condition because she's thinking it might be progressing. Right. And, you know, she meant she asked whether or not he's done any type of exercises or anything. He said he just throws the baseball with his kids in the yard and. She suggests doing something less stressful. So like, you know, yoga or swimming. Right. You know. And so they were, they end up driving in this neighborhood and they see a house that's on the market. And so they decide to call the realtor to look at it. And the realtor was aware of the house, but it just didn't fit their criteria. So she didn't mention it to them because it's not a rental. This is a straight up buy own, you know, own type deal. And they noticed the pool in the back and you know, kind of, they decide to get it because it fits what they, it works out for them. Because one, right, Eve is administrative to the to, to the school there, so it's very close to that school. Her son will attend, and you know, and then of course Ray can use the pool for his physical therapy. So everything kind of works out. So while they're cleaning out the pool, Ray ends up cutting his hand while pulling something out of the drain. And they have a professional come, <clears throat> come and look at it. And so he goes off on this story about how there's a water source that this water comes up from that has maybe some healing benefits, so to speak. And that a lot of the po- uh, houses in the neighborhood have pools that get water from the same source. So, yeah, it's like it's basically it says it's self- self-sustaining because the water is from an underground spring in the area. Okay. And. So Ray does a lot of more, a lot more physical therapy in the pool and everybody pretty much just gets settled in and everything's cool. And so from the time in the pool, they do another follow-up with the doctor and the doctor notices that he's made drastic improvements. Like he's actually doing better, way better than she expects. (laughs) And so, and so, so, but then some strange things happen. His wife, Eve takes a swim at night. She thinks she sees him. Standing by the pool. When she comes out, he's not there. So later on that night, she questions whether or not he was outside by the pool. He's like, no, I was just cleaning up and went right to bed. And then the kids started started noticing stuff. Like the scene they show in the trailer, their daughter invites a guy over for the pool and 
They're yeah. playing Marco Polo. He actually jumps out of the pool and she ends up being attacked by something in the water. She doesn't know what. It freaks her out. Prior to that, her brother saw something and actually heard somebody talking, uh, like a voice of a little girl saying she's looking for her yeah. mom. And so everyone has had a bad experience, but dad is loving the pool. Because <laughs> one, he's getting better. You know, he's yeah. able to lift weight. His son has joined the football team for the school. So the coach asked him to come out to give some pointers and ask him if he wants to take a swing, you know, you know, swing at the ball. And so he does. And of course, the first couple swings kind of bad, but then he gets up and he knocks out the park, literally tearing the thread off the ball when he hits it and hits it to the light. It's like, Dang. it's crazy. But it it's just basically there's some kind of spirit in the water that attacks him. and. It's, and then it becomes like a possession movie, kind of like Exorcist. Okay. And, and there's a story we get right before the third act about the history of the spring and relates like a wishing well. You know, you make a wish. Of course, there's consequences to it. Something's got to happen. If you want this, then this has got to happen. Right. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a movie that, that I feel like the first couple acts were, were great. But then once it got to the third act, started kind of fell apart. Kind of, yeah, kind of lost some steam. It did get a little campy because <laughs> it kind of threw in like I guess some elements of The Shining, where husband's possessed and he starts going against the family. So that was entertaining, yeah. but it just didn't. It was almost great. <laughs> it just didn't stick the landing at the end. But in an overall sense, it's okay. I think it would have been done better. Maybe been a, a better option to make it streaming. Yeah. But, you know, it was okay. Okay. Just just wish it had, had a stronger ending. Gotcha. Yeah. Just needed a stronger finish. Yes. The dismount was great, but the landing, they stumbled. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> I checked out. <clears throat> so, final movie. I checked out the movie American Fiction which is based on a 2001 novel Erasure by Percival Everett. And this movie came out. <clears throat> it was December 22nd, I do believe. Yes. December 22nd runtime of hour and 57 minutes directed by Cord Jefferson. And it's his directorial debut stars. Jeffrey Wright as Thelonious Monk Ellison, Tracy Ellis Ross as Lisa, John Ortiz as author. Erica Alexander as Coraline, Leslie Uggams as Agnes, who's the mom, Adam Broly as Wiley, Issa Rae as Santara Golden, Sterling K. Brown plays Monk's brother Cliff, and Myra Lucretia Taylor as Moraine. So it's about a novelist who's fed up with the establishment profiting from Black entertainment and uses a pen name to write a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. Okay. So he's a professor and <clears throat> so he he pretty much at the beginning of the movie he's written some words on the board and one word is the n-word and one of his students professes how it makes her uncomfortable feels this offend she's offended by it. Mhm. And the student this is a white student Jeffrey Wright's monk he's like well I've gotten over the word so you should be able to as well. <laughs> and mm-hmm. She ultimately leaves the class and he ends up 
big fronted by his boss and other colleagues because he's had other issues where he's not really, I guess, People he's not. Person. Yeah, he's he, he's really brash, really abrasive towards, gotcha. you know, so he's got a lot of complaints. And so he's been encouraged to go back home and spend time with family, which he's like, he really think that's going to help, but it's not. Exactly. But so he goes home to Boston, reconnects with his sister, Lisa. Then he goes home to his mom. My sister has explained that she's having some memory issues. Lisa is recently divorced, but every so often their mother asks about how her ex-husband's doing. And she has to remind her that I'm divorced. We're not together. Right. <clears throat> and then his brother, Cliff. So his brother, Cliff and Lisa are both medical professionals similar to how their dad was in the medical gotcha. field. But Monk decides he's a professor and decides to, he's an author as well. Yeah. He's an author. <clears throat> so he's been having issues with selling his book. The, at the point of this movie, I think he's really received like seven rejections. Dang. But uh, so he ends up going to a seminar. And as they show in the trailer, uh, Centara Golden has written a novel that has just taken the world by storm. Everybody loves it. Right. Hollywood wants to option for a book and it's yeah. titled Weez Lives in the Ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's kind of just taken aback. Like, how is this having success? You know, because his approach basically just he's 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 getting a lot of praise for his books just because the intellectual side of things. Yeah. But as far as, I guess, popularity. Yeah, it's, it's just not he's not hidden. So he decides as a joke. He'll write his own novel that'll fit to these stereotypes that even he is against. Right. And that's how he writes uh, My Pathology. And to his surprise, this book also catches fire and people love it. Hollywood's wanting to option it for a book. And he actually gets like, <laughs> and he receives like $750,000. Dang. That's just like, wow. So basically, the plot of the of my pathology is uh, some melodramatic plot involving deadbeat dads, gang violence, and drugs. <laughs> it's crazy, and he's just surprised. And and they're wanting to meet him in person, but he keeps it to just phone interviews. Yeah, yeah. Not not see him in public, though he does go to a talk show, but he's behind the screen in dark silhouette, and he just talks. But he's created this persona for Pers- him. You know, like he's a, he's out of prison and he just really gets into it. Like he hates it, but he just kind of lives it up as well. And uh, just how he's dealing with that. And so like the movie's great. Prior to this, I read the book, Erasure. Like by the time I watched the movie, I think I I had three chapters left, but those three chapters that I read afterwards didn't really pertain to the movie. So it's okay. So they, they did make some differences but i mean it's pretty pretty much spot on with it the only difference is i mean he does live in los angeles and goes to goes home but in the book he goes to washington dc you get a little more feedback on his life as a child his relationship with his dad and yeah how he he was different from his two siblings and he felt like they resented him because he had a special relationship with his dad that they didn't have and uh even though they were in the same line of work and but uh, both are great. The cast for the movie is great. The book itself is great as well. I definitely would recommend this. I think there's going to be a wide release either this week or next week. 
I watched it at the Bell Court. But whenever they do have have it released worldwide, definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to. It's I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, I want to like this. I love Jeffrey Wright anyways. Yeah. So it it's definitely one that I I can. I'm like, this will be great. I can't wait to see it. Very nice little satire. There's one thing though. You know, you remember his character from Shaft? Yeah. I was kind of hoping that his character that he made for for this would have been similar to that. It would have been cool if he kind of brought that back up. But it's still funny because they 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 had a scene where he was writing a book and they had Keith David, another actor, kind of acting out the scenes that he was writing. There were moments where they'd stop and say, "Are you sure you want to do that?" You know, just kind of yeah. It it hilarious, <laughs> hilarious, but yeah, definitely checking out. I think awesome. I think I think you'll like it. Indeed, awesome. Yeah. So this week we have coming out Mean Girls the musical. The musical for those that don't know, it, it's a musical. Oh, oh so it's going to be a musical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, Mean Girls is going to be a musical. Even though the trailers aren't really showing that aspect of it, it is a musical. I hate when they hide it. We also have Jason Statham's latest, The Beekeeper. Do you know what I mean? I'm watching that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then The Book of Clarence, which also looks great. <laughs> looks yep. very funny. But then, as for mentioned earlier, Lift with Kevin Hart and company on the Netflix. Everything else will be in theaters. And that's how we're starting 2024, man. <laughs> yeah. The Mean uh, Girls musical. I don't even think I've seen the original. <clears throat> I don't think I ever watched that. Ever. I've heard of it, but I don't think I've yeah. ever sat and watched it. First one is not a musical. Yeah. So I might watch that one. I've had enough musicals for the year already, and it's the one I did watch Color Purple, but I, I don't know. I may talk about it later. Okay. Maybe. This this little quick shot thoughts. If I can make it, if I can make it around to seeing it, we can you can drop some tick some little nuggets in. So cool. As discussed earlier, next week will be a special episode where we'll be uh, discussing the Iron Claw. If you haven't seen it, like myself, like myself, you have a week. <laughs> Or just have it ready to get, have you'll have this episode ready to go whenever whenever you have seen it. You can come back and listen to all the cool stuff. Or if you're on the fence about it, listen to the episode and then go see it. Whichever works. Entering the squared circle of the podcast. Exactly. We're we're about to enter Patrick's realm of nerdom. So I'm very excited for that. I guess. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Wrestling. I mean, I hadn't sh- so get ready for that. Can't wait. I can't wait to have Brother Zach back on. It's been a while. And yeah. So we will talk to you all next week. Welcome to 2024. Let's do it, people. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.